Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend in the glorious sunshine in Kent. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, June the 26th. And our top story today is that hundreds of children from outside of Kent are being offered places at grammar schools here in the county. Now, figures obtained by the Kent Online podcast reveal more than 400 pupils from as far away as Buckinghamshire, Wiltshire and Hertfordshire were accepted this year. Education advisor Peter Reid says the region's transport links make it an attractive option, particularly for families in London. Most Kent grammar schools give priority, apart from two, give priority to local residents. But if you look at um, Surrey, North London, there are grammar schools all the way around that are super selective with no reference to place of residence. It's children from East London almost exclusively who can get on the rail, hop on the railway line and come down into northwest Kent. But there are also some in Orpington, Surrey and Sussex, who don't have too far to travel to get to the West Kent grammar schools. And so that's the that's the main pressure. The biggest issue is of course Dartford. You may have noticed from the data. If Dartford were to give priority to Kent students, end of problem. It is seen as a very highly selective school. It is a very successful school. Guess what? Because it has some of the ablest children. It also takes some from Essex as well, across the river. And the, the two Dartford grammar schools won't concede at all. ACC has wrestled with them for years to try and persuade them to take more Kent children, but they won't because they want they they are proud of their high standards. Now, all of this has sparked some outrage from local parents who say Kent students are being overlooked. 61 children from the northwest of the county did miss out on a place despite being eligible. You can let us know what you think today by commenting on the story or on our socials. Kent Online News. Two people have been arrested as police investigate a reported brawl in Faversham. Officers were called to Athelstan Road in the early hours of yesterday morning. A man in his 50s was found with serious head injuries and taken to hospital. A 31-year-old man and 34-year-old woman remain in custody while inquiries continue. London police have named another major suspect 30 years after the murder of Stephen Lawrence. A Swanley man is already serving a life sentence in prison for his role in the teenager's death. Now the Met have named Matthew White in their investigations. He passed away in 2021. Buses have been diverted from some parts of Chatham after bricks were reportedly thrown at windows. Arriva say after numerous vehicles were targeted, buses will no longer travel down Luton Road and Wayfield Road. Bosses say they've been left with no choice but to divert all 177 services via Maidstone Road to Burma Way, away from the area. Now a hosepipe ban for parts of Kent can be enforced from today as hot temperatures create more demand for drinking water. South East Water have put restrictions on watering gardens, washing cars and filling paddling pools and 
and fines of £1,000 can now be issued for breaking the rules. The companies say they've been left with no choice as demand reaches record levels. Well, speaking to the podcast, when the restrictions were first announced, Operations Director Douglas Whitfield said they are investing to make the network more resilient. We are allowed to invest a certain amount of money on a five-year period set by the regulators. We've invested more than that money in, in this period of time. Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do to try and make sure we improve things where we can. We're just putting together our plans for investment for the next five-year period, which runs from 2025 to 2030. In that plan is an increased volume of spend, particularly around resilience, around improving storage and connectivity in the area. Kent Online reports. A strewed mum has sent out a warning to other parents after a fly curtain got tangled around the neck of her five-year-old son. Miles was walking through the back door when he became stuck and had to be freed by his twin brother. He's been left with burn-like injuries on his throat. And mum Justine says more people need to be made aware of the dangers the curtains can pose to young children. You can, in fact, see pictures of those injuries by heading to the story at Kent Online. The mastermind behind the Hatton Garden heist is set to make millions of pounds selling three houses on his Kent estate. Brian Reader from Dartford headed up a gang of men responsible for stealing £14 million worth of jewels, gold and cash in 2015. He served less than three years in prison for his role. Now the 84-year-old is set to rake in £2.5 million from the sale. A private school near Canterbury that charges £10,000 a year has been rated inadequate for the second time in six months. New Canterbury School in Garlinge Green sees pupils taught through art and movement. While inspectors did find some improvements in April, they, there was still a way to go. The head teacher has welcomed the report and described it as balanced. Elsewhere, a preschool in a Kent village that's been running for more than 50 years is now at risk of closing after losing its venue. The contract between Mayday Preschool in Cuxton and Cuxton Community Church ends next month and hasn't been renewed after they failed to agree on new conditions. Well, the church say they're not immune to the rising cost of living and have had to raise the rent. The preschool's last day will be July the 21st. Next, we're staying on the education theme and police could be asked to patrol outside schools in Kent to crack down on harassment and bullying. It's after a survey of young people found it had happened to one in four students with some experiencing sexual comments or racism. Around a third also admitted to feeling frightened on their way to lessons. Well, Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott carried out the survey and I've been speaking to him about the results. Uh, so as the PCC, it's really important that I listen to the views of young people, hence why I've been doing these surveys. And I know that issues relating to online harms, harassment and bullying are really important to them and they're also really important to their parents as well. And some of the things I'm particularly concerned about is the amount of harassment which is taking place of young women and girls on the streets, uh, the, the amount of bullying which is uh, taking place, about a quarter of young people saying that they were being harassed on their way to and from school is a significant challenge. It's one that policing and our services need to respond to. Um, but also the fact that there are a lot of young people who are suffering in silence as well. Um, just over a fifth of young people aren't telling anyone at all that they've been experiencing those problems. Uh, so I want to work with young people and some of our commission services in order to help them understand what support is out there to encourage them to come forward, but also ultimately take some action to support them. As far as the, the harassment on the way to school, how serious was that? What sort of things were people saying had happened to them? Well, there is a unfortunately some elements of this which are sexualised uh, and that is completely inappropriate. 
uh, and some of the intimidating behaviours which are going on, but also behaviours between uh, young people themselves, which I'm you know, particularly concerned about. So we're going to be sharing those results with uh, with Kent Police. Uh, and I know that they will do their best to act uh, both through their child centre policing teams, their new uh, beat officer teams to understand when these incidents are taking place. Obviously, we have a very specific reference point here. It's to and from school. So we know when those school um, times are. And um, I've already had conversations with the force about them being more visible at school times uh, outside of the school and be able to support those pupils, but for the force to be visible. So there are things that they can do to intervene to prevent these kind of things from happening. But it goes back to the uh, the other point that we've seen talked about before. If allegations are made of this nature, having a really rigorous investigation plan around them so that if they these kind of things are happening, that those young people can be protected and that those perpetrating these offences can be held to account. Would you say that was practical, Matthew, to have police officers outside of schools? Have you got enough resources to be able to do that if if the, the need arose? I believe so. Uh, the new neighbourhood policing model, which Kent Police has just implemented, uh, has a number of different teams which will all complement each other in this area. So uh, every ward in Kent will have a named B officer who they can deal with and contact. Uh, schools will be an important point of that. But actually, we're going to have uh, a team of over 75 people who are going to be working directly with schools on issues relating to crime, antisocial behaviour, diversion uh, away from the criminal justice system, but not dealing with the school's disciplinary problems, but where they do impact upon uh, on this kind of behaviour. I think it is practical for the force to be able to do that. Uh, and ultimately, with a an enhanced response policing function, which we do have now, uh, the chief constable has quite rightly put extra resources into that. There are a number of different ways that they can respond to an allegation of crime, but also be proactive and visible at school times to keep these young people safe. So I'm confident that they can deliver that. Kent Online reports. This is one of our most read stories on the website today. Some publicly owned green spaces and six town centre car parks in West Kent could be sold off to meet housing targets. Tunbridge and Morling Council has approved 10 sites it owns in the borough to go forward for possible redevelopment while ruling out 11 others. Green campaigners, though, have described the decision as shocking. A long-running family business in Dover is set to leave the high street after more than eight decades. Jewellers John Angel in Biggin Street has been on the market so the owners can retire and spend more time with family. The shop opened in 1934 and has a price tag of £210,000. Meantime, a Kent convent has gone on the market for £3 million, leaving some nuns needing a new home. The Sisters of Our Lady of the Missions in Deal comes complete with a 25-bed care home wing and several additional buildings. It's suggested the property could be used for either residential purposes or as a retirement home. Now, a Kent mum who fears her young twins aren't developing as they should says she feels frustrated and angry over a lack of NHS appointments. Sarah Johnson from Mepham had Iris and Astrid in 2021 and raised concerns when they were approaching their first birthday. She says... Seven months later, things still haven't improved. As the twins were approaching um, a year old in November, it's normal to have a developmental check at about that point in time. Um, I became aware as the developmental check was coming, they weren't developing in a way that was typical. Uh, and in that, I meant that they were still not sitting up particularly well. Iris really um, was started to crawl. Um, Astrid was really struggling with crawling, certainly weren't walking. And generally speaking, what you would say is between about nine and 18 months is the typical kind of walking stage. 
Um, they also were saying a couple of words, but not loads, but nothing to worry me because they're still quite young and they're twins. So I emailed the health visitor in advance. I'm not worried about their fine motor skills. So their ability to pick up things is really good. Not a problem. But I am concerned about the fact that um, Astrid has a squint um, and that I don't think their physical development is quite where it should be. So we filled in all the forms. We got to the health visitor. Um, they'd given us the wrong forms to fill in because um, the girls were premature. and that ha- So we redid all the forms um, and it's indicated, yes, there was some kind of gross motor skills delay and noted that kind of Astrid was, um, she would kind of lift herself up but fall back down and things like that when she was crawling. So, yeah, really not great. Meanwhile, I've had my other baby Zelda in February and... The girl's development is still slow, so they're still crawling, um, not walking, not standing up, not furniture surfing in the way that you'd expect. So, again, I I waited until they were 18 months old because that's the kind of pinnacle milestone. So then I rang the community paediatrician in January and they said that they couldn't give me an appointment until at least February next year. 24 and I was like that's just disgusting these are kids with like they might as I said they might not have significant needs I have no idea meanwhile I've got a private physio which has cost me another 200 pounds um Astrid has severe hypermobility um and she also has um it's called hypotonia which is uh, muscle weakness in the tummy area which could be caused by a hypermobility or it could be caused by cerebral palsy uh, or a syndrome or something underlying that I don't know about and I don't know. I can't tell by looking at her. The physiotherapist can't tell by looking at her, but it will tell me whether or not I just need to concentrate on physio or if there's something else that needs to be done. Uh, and the girls have maybe five words each, like if that, like mum, dad, cat. Obviously, cat's very important. Um, so, yeah, so I've showed out another £200 on a physiotherapy um, appointment, assessment, and also with targeted exercises to help them um, hold their weight um, for Iris as well. Um and so I still don't have any treatment plan, any support from the NHS. I talk about within my work the idea that I've got all the resources in the world. I'm able to identify that my kids may or may not have difficulties and challenges. And I can recognise that and I can verbalise what those challenges are, are um, and say, look, I think X, Y, Z needs to happen. I'm not the only parent whose kids are finding things difficult at all uh, and actually my kids needs might be quite low level how many other parents there that don't have the words or resources um and don't have a twitter following as well that can tag everyone in and go this is not okay and that's my issue as well i think like it's not just my kids there's gonna be 10 20 30 other kids that are having equal difficulties well an nhs spokesperson has said they are aware that high numbers of referrals are creating unacceptably long waiting times and they're working hard to make improvements kent online news something for drivers to be aware of next and work is going to start tonight on resurfacing part of the a20 as national highways continue essential maintenance to improve safety the stretch between the courtwood interchange and western heights roundabout will close in the evenings between 8pm and 6am from tonight right through until July the 27th. We're told the work will be done on weeknights only and the road will be open as usual during the day. The owner of a new tap room in Tunbridge Wells hopes it'll help to regenerate part of the town. The Green Duck is trading in Ely Court, a food hall which is part of Royal Victoria Place Shopping Centre. It launched in 2019 but struggled during Covid and the company running it was due to be dissolved last year. And finally, Leanne's been telling our sister radio station, 
KMFM. She can't wait for us to hear more of her new music. The former Little Mix star has just released her debut solo single, Don't Say Love, and says it was the obvious track to put out first. It's just so catchy, isn't it? It's going to be one of those annoying ones where you're like, oh, turn it off now. God, I've had enough. No, no, it's going to be like, let's put it on again. (laughs) (laughs) So was it very early on the obvious choice for your first single? So it actually came in at the beginning of the process. Um, Always knew it was a banger, Mm. but I wasn't like ready to stop experimenting and writing and kind of, I didn't really still know what direction I I wanted to go in, if that makes sense. So I think it was just good that I kept going, the writing, but um, it kind of just kept popping up. And then after like some months, it just kind of made sense to be the first single and like the meaning and the message that I'm trying to get across with it as well. I think it all just works within this sort of story that I'm trying to show, I guess. Yeah, because it's like the new era. You're kind of stepping into your own. You said in your uh, Mm. British Vogue interview that came out over the weekend that you felt some kind of frustrations with Little Mix feeling overlooked. And now you're ready to kind of like forge your own path. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's, it's it's really sort of like, it's kind of scary because I think in a group, you only get to show a little bit of yourself and you don't really get to, people don't really get to know you as if they would if you were a solo artist. So um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm nervous for it, but then I'm just excited for people to get to know the real me and hear me sing a whole song and it's just, you know, it's just, it's so different, but super exciting. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's kind of nice because you've got that background, you've you've had that experience, you've had you know they've they've been introduced to you a little bit, and now you're like now you're bursting through the door. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I'm so lucky and grateful that I got to to be in Little Mix and have that incredible experience and learn so much to fully equip me for my solo career. Like I always say, I don't think I would have been ready some years ago. So yeah. Um, yeah. And um, obviously it's a little bit of a different sound. Um, mm. What was that like kind of le- learning and working out what you wanted your solo sound to be and differentiating it from from Little Mix? Yeah, I think I always knew that I wanted to do music that was inspired by what I love listening to growing up or, or just even now. So like, yeah, R&B, Afrobeats, a bit of piano, but garage reggae like I wanted to bring these genres together and mix them up and just put my own stamp on it I guess but I think um like the garage route I didn't I didn't know off the bat that I was going to come out of a garage song I think it just when it all started coming together it just felt really right but yeah I don't I think it's like interesting because people didn't expect it from me either mm. but I kind of like that like yeah. I like that it's surprise people and hopefully I'll continue to do that like in, in, in a good way She was on the hit list with New Meat last week you can hear the full thing by clicking on the podcast page at kmfm.co.uk Kent Online Sport Cricket first and it's the final day of England's opening game in the women's Ashes against Australia over the weekend Kent's Tammy Beaumont made history becoming the first English woman to hit 200 runs I can't quite believe it to be honest um, I was pretty overwhelmed when I scored a double hundred in the A game last week and thought there's no chance I'd repeat it. Um, but yeah, I think to get nearly level to the Aussies today was um, obviously the goal. Um, yeah, a lot of family in today, so it was a great, great day. And I mean, they tried to put me off by doing an interview for a different broadcaster at T when I'm 195. <laughs> like, get off the pitch! Um, but luckily, I was just was it, I just had a day out today. Um, just was in the zone the entire time. 
I reckon the girls will tell you I said absolutely nothing at tea. I was just steely-eyed. I think for me, I was just breaking it down all day and none of them were personal milestones. It was all right, okay, let's get us 100 behind. Let's get us 50 behind. Let's get us to 300. And I was just breaking it down, almost like the team needs me to score another 25 here, another whatever. And even with Lauren Fire and the girls at the end there, I was like, come on, we need 12 more here. Someone stick with me for 12 more. But um, then I played a terrible shot and I'm actually angry that I've got out on 100, <laughs> uh, 208 or whatever it was. Well, at the start of play today, England needed 152 runs to win. We'll have the details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station and in tomorrow's podcast. Staying with cricket and Sam Billings has stepped down as Kent captain in four-day cricket for the rest of the season. He's had a poor 2023 with a bat in Division 1 of the County Championship, scoring just 92 runs in 10 innings with a top score of 31. Jack Leaning will step up to be four-day captain. Meantime, Kent are back in action in the County Championship at the moment. It's day two of their match at Northamptonshire. The hosts have posted 249 on day one. Kent closed yesterday on 110 for one. And in football, the Gillingham players will, would you believe, return to training this week. They're expected to report to Priestfield on Wednesday to get ready for the new League Two season. We already know they'll travel to Stockport County for their opening game. Before that, though, there's a series of friendlies. And boss Neil Harris has been telling us about their first tasks. A lot of testing, so sports science becomes um, prevalent. Coaching-wise, myself, a little bit more of a backward step. My job is to integrate the players, uh, integrate the new players, make sure the younger players are integrated into the senior group, uh, make sure that the, the academy feels connected to the first team in the first few days. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.